What's going on, travelers? Thanks for tuning in to the 27th episode of The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. I'm your host, Dalton. With me is Pharaoh. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? We have not a whole lot of news today. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, to be fair, most of it was like not like non-substantial, I would say. It was just like kind of little stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately, uh, I shouldn't say irrelevant, but yeah, it's not like anything foundational, you know? Yeah. Um, but how was your week? Um, pretty good. I, I played a good bit of Genshin. So, um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm actually ahead of you now. So yeah, you I are thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really liking everything that's going down. I know we're going to talk about it more later on, but, um, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time with that. I've been, you know, having the internal struggle as our patrons already know, because we already talked about it a little bit, but I've been having the internal struggle on struggle on if I should pull for Sino or not, but I ultimately decided not to. Um, I mean, you did though. You got him. Just you're well, not. Yes, yeah. but the only reason why was because I wanted to get enough to get um, what is his name? Zinku. You know, Sing Cho. Sing Cho. Um, you need from the, the store. Star I needed the star glitter to get him from the store. So I had to pull. Otherwise, I I honestly wouldn't have pulled on him at all because if the only time I'm pulling on someone now, basically, is if I'm bringing them up, up. Like, he would have been C2 with a weapon. Like, so, yeah. Unless it's someone that's, like, going to be just great, even at C0. But that is definitely not him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's kind of where I ended up at, but I'm I'm gonna be just saving up to go super hard on Archon. So Gotcha. Yep. What about you? Yeah, you know, just a really weird week for me. Mm-hmm. Um I finished clearing out all of the desert. I finished up all the world quests and stuff. I think that um I think I'm probably gonna tackle like the last act today of the mm-hmm. Archon quest to finally like finish up. But I've been working on my teapot a lot lately. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, I've been switching between realms. So, like, my Mondstadt realm, mm-hmm. which was, like, the mountainous one. That one I've been kind of building to, like, just look nice and, like, I don't know. Just to, like, for people to come hang out or just, like... I'm trying to make it also a hub where I can come to like craft and forge for like weeklies and like come to craft instead of like dealing with a um like dealing with Timaeus for you know like we were talking about the other week so mm-hmm. i'll just go to my teapot now plus there's like two weeklies that you do in the teapot anyway so i might as well just knock some stuff out while i'm there right so my teapot for monset will basically be like a hub for me to go in and do all my weeklies like the cooking spending some resin to turn into condensed or what have you the forage and then like creating the furnishings or whatever so just like a more condensed easier way for me to get everything done a little bit faster and then the inazuma realm i'm doing is for like a resonance like maze slash puzzle that we'll do like a giveaway with Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm starting to put that together yeah that'd be good and the maze will have like really tall walls so you can't jump and see so yeah 
Okay, that's fair enough. Good, but I have to learn to like scenario. float. Yeah, I need to learn how to float everything because I'm really bad with the floating like mm-hmm. thing. But now we are allowed clipping, so every object can basically clip. Yeah, and we don't have to like force it by shaking objects violently in the game. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so we got two review readings. We're still playing catch up um, with our international folks who have left us reviews. So um, our first one is by Blue Brook. And they put Gene Solos. I guess they're like a Gene main. I think we read this off already, didn't we? No, we did two more. So on the last episode, I had four scheduled, but that was a really long episode, so I took two of them out. Uh, Okay, I just remember like something about the peachy pie. So, okay. Um, Yeah, I didn't. I'm for sure didn't read this one. I don't think. Okay. Um, but this is, they said it's a five-star review. They said, great podcast filled with great information. My luck with wishing sucks. So it's nice to know that I'm not alone. You're, you're not alone with Pharaoh. I'm, yeah, I am. Yeah. You're not with, you're not involved in our really unfortunate club. Um, side note, I think you guys might be interested in this Genshin playlist I found on YouTube. The channel's called Peachy Pie. If you'd like to listen to it, uh, keep doing awesome. Peachy Pie had to look it up. And it's basically like a music playlist, but mm-hmm. it's a song for every Genshin character, and it's pretty good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, but thank you for the review. And that is from Canada. And we also have another review from Finland. Uh, my favorite podcast is the title. It's a five-star review by uh, Rosalusa. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, they said, I have tried finding a nice Genshin related podcast to listen, uh, while walking my dog for a while. And now I found it. The set tone for this particular podcast is delightingly positive. And every time I listen to an episode, I seem to learn more about the game and how it works. I also appreciate the fact that the podcast concentrates on being informative and fun without throwing, uh, the casters, I guess it's just like without throwing like devs under the bus or something like that. Um, maybe it looks like it actually like cut off or something it did i think that the review cut it's not yeah we'll never know the rest yeah unless you leave another five star review (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't be mad about it but thank you guys for the review if you would like to leave a five star review in apple podcast or really any review we'll read it anyway even if it's not five stars but uh, you can go over to apple Podcasts, leave a review we'll read it on the show uh, Pharaoh g- gave me the idea that we could try to read these reviews in the character's voice of your choosing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to let us know in the review. Um, I'm going to say sorry in advance cause I'm very bad with impersonations. Um, Oh, same. I mean, same for me. Like this is not going to be, f- <laughs> how should I say? This is going to be funny for you guys. Not great for us. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sweating the whole time. Or, or potentially me, offensive. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and if you guys would like to like, subscribe this podcast, um, every little bit helps. Even the Twitter and the Instagram. Uh, I post little snippets on Instagram for all that stuff. So you guys can check all that stuff out. Um, and you'll get any like important notifications and announcements and anything new that we do with know the discord or the community that we have all that stuff is posted there uh but if you guys are interested interested in that please go ahead leave us a review it helps us out helps other people find the show opens up a little bit of opportunities for us to do more things with the show uh, and we greatly appreciate it on to the news 
let's start with the um we'll skip the gourmet tour we'll save that for last okay um we're gonna do the event the new not new it's like a reoccurring event now yeah um hakunian icky which is a team switching combat challenge uh it just went live today mm-hmm. on the 10th um and this will go until the 24th of october uh to be eligible for this event you need to be adventure rank 30 or above and you need to complete the Archon Quest Rito Escape Plan, which is the beginning Archon Quest when you get to Inazuma, for those of yeah. you who don't know. Um, there are six challenges. Each day a new challenge will be unlocked, uh, and you will use trial characters provided or your own characters if you want if you want to to form six tag teams, which are just two, uh, six duo teams uh, to take part in the challenge, and you'll have two secret arts, basically, uh, for each team. So you kind of want to choose them based on how they resonate with those two characters on that team, and you're going to switch out. And um, from what I remember, I'm pretty sure that you have that set of that two, those two characters that are on that team out, and if you keep them on the field for too long, they do like very minimal damage. So you're forced to swap out, basically. Mm-hmm. Weapon ascension materials, talent level up materials, mystic enhancement, or Prima Gems and Mora for uh for rewards for that. Gourmet Tour Leeway's Cuisine Collection issue number one. I like that they put issue number one because that means that we're gonna get more. Yeah. Um. So basically, this was a very nicely like animated video at first, and then it moves into live action. Get some nice ASMR and video of um somebody cooking up a meal, and that meal is the slow cooked bamboo. Shoot soup. Mm-hmm. Um, you like this, no? Yeah, I did. I, I for sure did. Um, first of all, I'm very into. I can't cook at all myself, but uh, I am very much a fan of watching all kinds of cooking shows. So this was kind of cool to see it. Um, you know, applied to Genshin. Uh, really high quality camera work, so that was fun. Um, and. I, I I thought this was this is super small detail, but I just think it's funny that the costume that the guy is wearing it, it looks just so much like a typical cosplay costume where it's just it looks so unrealistic and neatly pressed and everything like that. And I just I feel like if you have that high quality of everything else, you should at least be able to make like a costume or find a costume that looks like the real deal instead of this like velvet version of it that it looks kind of ridiculous but anyways that is me being ultra mega nitpicky um overall looked great loved watching it looked delicious and i wanted some by the end of it so yeah yeah it looked it looked really good mm-hmm. i feel like stuff like this makes me want to try to cook stuff but i would have yeah. to do like a very condensed version of this because he put that chicken in mm-hmm. like three different types of like liquids to cook. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, no, throw that in the oven and yeah, take it exactly. out. <laughs> I'm I'm very much path of least resistance. I'm like, oh, okay. If I can't go just buy it for dinner and I have to cook it, I'm like, can I throw it in the microwave? You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's my cooking scenario. So I'm looking forward to seeing more though, especially ones where you don't do as much that are that are a little bit more simple. So Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now under the controversial stuff, and I don't want to spend a terribly long time talking about this, 
what you want and what you get might be different. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there has been a huge con- controversy on the future of Genshin Impact's endgame content. Um, and this has basically struck up like a hurricane of rage between players on like, at least I'm sure on Reddit, but I'm mostly on Twitter. So I see it a lot on Twitter. This article is off onesports.gg if you guys want to check it out. Um, I'm not going to go into like every single word um, basically, but I feel like it is worth uh, talking about it. And I feel like a lot of people kind of took this in the wrong context, honestly. And I feel like this is a, a case of people clamoring for something that they actually don't want. Because the, the the number one thing in this interview that Genshin Impact did with GameSpot was, mm-hmm. you know, they were asked the question that uh, a question that basically insinuated some discussion on, you know, what's going on with the end game content. Will there be competitive end game content? Um, and basically, they said, you know, not everyone is interested in the abyss, mm-hmm. and they said, quote. If we design another type of permanent endgame that is similar to the Spiral Abyss, it might end up creating excessive anxiety for our players. And again, they said not everybody is interested in Musk Reef. So I I agree with them on this. Um, I don't want another Abyss. I already find the current Abyss to be honestly a little bit nauseating. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, if I felt if they created another Abyss, I would... Honestly, yeah, I would have anxiety because then I'd want to be like, now I need to do this to get the Prima Gems or I'm missing out. And it's it's funny coming from a gacha game where they they don't want their players to feel more FOMO. Um, but this mm-hmm. uh, Hoyoverse as a company is very good at creating FOMO, especially with their time-limited events that have lore and yeah. really good character backstory locked behind it that if you miss it, that's it. You're the only way you're getting that content is by going onto YouTube and watching. Uh, hopefully, someone up, uploads a cutscene. Exactly. So, yeah. um, and even then, you're it's it's not even the full experience, right? Because I couldn't imagine going through and watching a Golden Apple Archipelago video, and you'd have to watch through everybody's gameplay, honestly. Yeah. And that's just not fun. So, um, but I agree. I don't know how you feel about this. I want to get your thoughts, but I personally agree. I do not want another endgame that is similar to the Spiral Abyss. I want something different. Yeah, so I I have thoughts on this. Um, some of them are similar, some of them are different. So in re- I do think that the interview itself and the anger towards it is misconstrued a bit. I, I definitely agree that I, I don't think that they were saying there's no more endgame content content coming to the game at all like challenging end game content coming to the game at all ever again like i don't think that that's what they were saying or insinuating oh I they think, didn't they didn't say that at all. they actually said something that was literally the polar opposite but go on well but that's the, that's how people are taking it oh people, yeah people are taking it in the way of saying that oh by by what they said this is what they mean and i don't think that they meant that i think that what they that what they said is kind of what they alluded to is just that the fact that they don't want something like the spiral bis specifically for the end game um to to come around again i think that in and this is where i think the disconnect comes they said they're looking at other ways to create you know interesting gameplay and right after that they they talked about the genius invocation that we're going to be getting 
which obviously is just a totally different type of gameplay. And that's not, and people are like, but that's not dealing with the characters and, you know, everything that we've built up in our characters and everything like that. That's not the end game content we want or what we want them to be focusing on um, for end game content. And this is, that's where I think everything started to get misconstrued. So I think that they as a company right now are definitely not focused on like making more end game content. I do think that we're going to be getting some more end game content, like more challenging end game content. It just definitely won't be more like the spiral abyss. I think things that I've mentioned before in the pod, like things like, you know, dungeon esque kind of things could definitely still be a possibility because it's not like the spiral abyss. Um, It's, it's different and probably could be handled in regards to rewards a little more differently and not quite have as much of a time crunch on it. Um, But I also don't agree with things that they said about um, Spiral Abyss being like an anxiety driven system uh, and FOMO because I feel like, well, like it kind of is, but you have a really long time to complete it. Like, I don't think that, that there's like a crunch really. Um, well, I mean, it resets in the middle of the month, so you have two and a half weeks, but if you're doing something like a huge event like Golden Apple Archipelago or a Ballads and Brews... Yeah, but how often right- does that happen? Like, that's that's does not happen super often that we get at a big event like, like that. And even then, like, really fitting in your, your time to do um, the Spiral Abyss, depending on where you are, granted... Um, it doesn't take that much time. Like you can knock it out in like two hours that like, I agree with easily. Um, and it, you, if you want to do just the easy levels, right. If you don't care about completing all of it, which still gives you a majority of Primo gems, then you can knock it out in like 30 minutes or so. <laughs> so I, I don't think that there's really much of an issue there. And I think that just saying like, Oh, we don't want this anxiety um, driven atmosphere for this game is a little silly whenever, just as you mentioned, they have other timed things that are more stressful, like timed events where, like, if you don't play this event, it will never come again. That is FOMO. Like, uh, you know, dealing with, um, you know, low resin caps, that's FOMO. Like, having to manage, you know, that all the time. Like, that's more of an anxiety, especially for new players than anything else, I'd say. So right. I don't think that they are really... I think that that specific remark is, is bullcrap, but... Um, yeah, I do think that they, as a company though, are more focused on casual gaming, um, and just more about the spread and variety of, of like the types of gameplay rather than specific hard content of gameplay, which I think is definitely proof from this genius invocation system that they're going to be putting in, which I am excited to play. But yeah, so it's just like those kinds of things. Like, I I just don't think that this is like what people are saying where it's like, this is it. This is proof. You know, we're never going to get hard content again. I don't think that this is quite the nail in the coffin people think it is. Um, So and and to your point, I I completely agree, though, the the anxiety that they're talking about is what is if they create they said that that would be present if they created another um, similar endgame content that is like the spiral bus and that's when that would be kind of created. And honestly, like, but I'm saying that that already exists in other forms in like, other forms. Right. right. I get what you're saying. Um, so I don't think that that's ever stopped them before. Basically. Yeah. I get what you're saying. So you're saying what you're saying is they're kind of being like contradictory a little bit. Yeah. If they really, yeah. if they really cared about stressing 
people out, like they would not have some of the other systems that they already have in the game because that's more stressful than adding gotcha. on another potential end game content with okay, a so timer. so hold hold that thought because we're gonna mm-hmm. kind of circle back to that. Um, but you mentioned uh, Genius Invocation, the TCG that's coming in what two updates, three point three, I think that is right. They did mention in this interview, and that's this quote, they are the team is designing other more interesting gameplay in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and they include their card game, the in-game card game that's coming in version 3.3. So that means that more end-game content is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not come soon, but they are working on it. So um, that leaves me a little bit hopeful. Um, and to your point, how you said that they mentioned or that you know you feel like it's more of a spread. They yeah. want more variety. It shouldn't just be... Uh, cold and cut, hard end game content. That yeah, like more health, to... more damage, kind of thing. Right. Um. They do say, you know, they talk. They talk about in the interview about how it's gradual, gradual character expansion, ultimately can lead to the uh, potential of skill set and balance, and that you know, they don't want p- players to basically only look at a character for the damage that it does or um, the healing that they do or the numbers. They want they want them to have a bunch of different playing environments and a different builds that um, can work out. And you kind of see this a little bit now, especially with Candace and Sino, where they are very niche. And I feel like that is where they're going to capitalize a little bit more. And I, I think some people in our Discord as well mentioned that, hey, like this is kind of the route that they're going now. I think that actually this was preparation for us to get used to the fact that there's going to be a lot of power creep happening in the game i think that they're basically saying like yeah so we're in a situation right now where um things that you already have may not be very good moving forward because we're already kind of seeing that groups that were you know destroying content for the past three regions are now we're like well you know what like yeah these other interactions with dendro are really helping out in this region so you're probably going to have to dip back in your wallet to go ahead and get some of these better Dendro characters and better reactionary characters with Dendro. So I actually think that that was more of a, uh, yeah, you better get used to, you know, having to basically reset whatever your roster currently is for a new region. See, I don't feel like that. I feel like they're still going to keep the content pretty easy to the point where you can basically do everything with whoever you want, with the exception of the Abyss. Well, but I don't that's really the thing. Feel like though, the content's ever going to get that hard. That's the thing. A, I think in the abyss, it's going to be reflected and is already starting to be reflected. Um, where I think Dendro reaction specifically, which is contrary to what my original thought was going into Dendro, because I thought it was like going to be like, all right, well, it's going to take even more time to create reactions now, which is bad. But overall, Dendro is yielding more results than other. Right. Other groups now, which I think Mm -hmm. is the point. I think that they're basically saying, yeah, so as you go to new regions and new uh, interactions might be brought into play, we might be focusing on bringing out those characters and you might be kind of required to use those characters or at least you'll be hindered in some way if you aren't using those characters. And I think that from a business perspective, that's pretty tactical because it's a way to get people to spend more money because, yeah, you can have the free version of your Dendro character and do just fine, but this is a game where that's always been the case for everything. You can always have the free version of everything and do just fine. It's about the 
for people who spend, right, or are constantly looking for the next best character, it's about destroying whatever current content there is out there in the best way possible. And now it looks like that's going to be Dendro more than pretty much any other group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that that was basically this get used to us focusing on specific new interactions whenever we go to regions. Yeah. I could um, be wrong, but that's my take. We'll see. We'll have to see. Yeah. One thing that they did say um, was that there will not be an increase to the cap of the original resin, so it will stay at 160, um, but that it won't be increasing anytime soon. Um, they assured that players, um, that they're basically constantly going to be providing ways for players to obtain ascension and level up materials other than resin farming. So that's something to look forward to, even though we're not getting uh, you know, a direct um, increase to our resin, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame, honestly, because I feel like it's they're very never gonna change that. I'm telling yeah. you right now, they're never their engagement rate, like the reason why it is capped where it is, is because they have this perfect um equation to make sure that their engagement rate is just always looking fantastic and very high analytically and it's because of that resin cap at that and you number. can't blame them for that that's that's I their d- job i don't i i don't blame them for any of this i think that they're yeah. incredibly smart business people and i think that realistically they're very fair because we can complete everything for free and you don't really need to min max your equipment or anything like that to complete it all so yep. I, I'm I'm just saying like that's I'm pretty sure what they're doing and it's not a judgment on them whether it's good or bad but I definitely think that that is the the crux of it the motivation behind it. Two more things, all right, and then I want to wrap this up because mm-hmm. we're we're closing in on the on the long run now. Yeah. <laughs> um, two things: players should also look forward to other optimizations such as uh, beginner tutorial adjustments. Not very um, you know interesting for people who are past probably AR7 or something like that. Um, Client capacity optimization, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that kind of stood out to me is the intelligent management of past content, which makes me hopeful that there's going to be some sort of function or functionality for us to go back and experience past content. And I feel like this would be either utilized through the archive or even through like a dream gadget where you could replay... Yeah. Something I yeah. hope that is I hope that is true. And I hope that also goes along with like past events. And I'm okay with not getting achievements from past events. I'm okay with not getting titles from past events because I feel like those are things that like you can pretty much lock away. I'm uh World of Warcraft does that mm-hmm. where you miss out on some titles and some achievements. Well, guess what? You can't get them anymore if they're gone. But at least let us play through that content and see that story unfold. I feel like something like that would be great. Yeah. I think um, like I, I have always thought that a good way to do the whole, like view what happened before that you've already played um, aspect of it is you remember in Harry Potter, you know, that thing that he always puts his memories into that Dumbledore always puts his memories into. Huh? The pensive. Yeah. Yeah, um, like that. Something like that, I feel like, would be perfect for this world. And it would be the greatest way to, you know, kind of re-experience that stuff. So our, we're very much in the same mindset about that. The Pensieve from Harry Potter looks just like the alchemy crafting table in Genshin. It, I can already does. see the memes of people <laughs> of pe- people making of, like, 
the traveler going up to the alchemy table and slamming his face down into it and being like <laughs> Al because it's actually the crafting table and not yeah. the pensive. <laughs> um, so true. Last but not least, uh, something small but kind of worth mentioning is that um, in the interview they asked, uh, you know, are there ideas or are there gonna is there anything that you can um, say about much requested outfits for the Traveler twins, Aether and Lumine? Uh, and they say they don't have any plans at the moment, but are open to new ideas. So if you do art, start getting those ready, put them in your feedback so that they can see it. Because I want some Traveler outfits because one of the one things I hate about the Traveler is just how bad their outfits are. Yeah, I agree. I I will say, though, like the one thing that this whole thing reinforced for me is that Mihoyo's going to do what Mihoyo's going to do, and they don't really care about what anyone else says. It's uh, very reminiscent of TPCI. Like, the Pokemon company does yeah. kind of the same thing, and you and you see this, or you saw it with them, with the whole National Dex controversy mm-hmm. when they were creating Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. And look, everybody didn't die, so... Right. And everything... I thought the Sword and Shield were great, so I, I feel like there's very... There's a small minority of companies that make video games that I can honestly trust that they're going to make great games, and I feel like Koyoverse and TPCI are are those two. Yeah, I like, mean, I feel like they're not going to do anything that like really deters me from being like, oh, I am not playing this game anymore. Yeah, that's kind of exactly where I am. I I certainly think there there are some things that I would really like them to change, but. Uh, that being said, I, I totally have faith in them to control, you know, the wheel of the car, basically. Like, um, and I, I I can hope that those things come in and I have my rationale for why I want them to. They probably have the rationale for why they don't. But I do know that at the end of the day, they're not going to destroy the car that we're driving in together. You know what I mean? Um, I will always enjoy the ride. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that in that uh, frame of mind. All right, now that we unpacked all that, let's take a (laughs) well-deserved break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into the Chapter 3, Act 3 of the Archon Quest, Dreams, Emptiness, and Deception. back from our break um act three overall love this act we're gonna go over um some of the more important parts of the act um we basically open up by going to sumeru city and talking to Catherine, who's kind of messing with us mm-hmm. um or nahida i should say as she's messing with us she's taking over Catherine's body nahida basically uh, wants to figure out why the sages at the uh, academia are doing what they're doing, you know, controlling people's dreams and um, making like basically everything that happened in the past act. We're trying to figure out why that's happening. Right. And she has an idea of possessing three people in a shopping route of a researcher who 
uh, hails from the desert and has ties or family ties to not family ties. That's the wrong, wrong way. I'm saying that. Um, it's like she, her lineage is from the desert. She wasn't like born in Sumeru city. So she had some previous, um, I guess like religious beliefs in King Deshret. So Nahida's uh, plan is basically to u- use her to um, get her to turn on the academia. Mm-hmm. And so um, we basically drive her insane by doing this. But basically, yeah, this felt, I felt pretty yeah. bad doing this part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, Nah through Nahida's powers, we control three different people that this researcher uh, sees and trusts. Uh, and trusts, yeah, along her daily shopping route or whatever, and. Um, we basically bring up King Deshret. We bring up the Scarlet King, um, basically to make her think like, "Hey, this is like my the god that I used to worship. Like this, like this is him talking to me." And she literally is like cowering, like hunched over in like a fetal position, like grabbing her head. Like, why is this happening to me? It's very like very bad looking. Yeah. Um, especially for Nahida because she mentioned before that like she doesn't want to control people and that's why she controlled Catherine. Right. Um, but her whole like justification is that this is for like the betterment of Sumer. Yeah. So. And she even says that she'll talk to her later on and explain the whole situation to her. Right. So basically we finally convince her to kind of uh help us through Nahida. She still doesn't know that it's us. Um, but she's still, we still get her to kind of own up that the academia is doing something wrong and she needs to stop it. So she agrees and says uh, to us in our third um, corporeal form, basically, that we are, um, she's going to get documents and bring them to us. When we go to get the documents from the academia is when all these people are just standing around cheering. And when you walk up, we are finally revealed to Dottore. He makes his debut, and he's basically controlling the minds of everybody who's in front of us at the academia. And they're, like, cheering for us. Uh, and they're cheering for us because he's making them think that we are the savior of the world, which, honestly, was even more scary. Yeah. There's How do you something feel about real Dottore? creepy about this scene. Um, so I, I love Dottore. I think that he is going to be one of the coolest characters that we get involved with. Um, certainly, uh, like, well, it's hard to say, actually, because there's so many really cool uh, Fatui characters. But, um, yeah, there's something just super menacing about him, right? And the fact mm-hmm. that he did this and that we got this little cutscene right here where they're all coming at us and, like, clapping for us. It was super weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it was very creepy in its own unique way, and um, yeah, I had a I had a really good time with it. And um, Nahida, whenever she comes in as as Catherine and kind of holds them all back, I thought that was super cool. Yeah, she she shows her hand and kind of reveals herself to Dottore, even if she didn't want to, but she's she's kind of like forced to. Yeah, it it was to her own detriment, but it was you know kind of the lesser of two evils at that point. Um, but yeah, man, like Dottore, he's just menacing, man. I love it. Um, yeah. I can't wait until we, we get more with him because uh, just such a good character. Yeah. It made me think like if we ever do fight Dottore, mm-hmm. I hope that he well, we just will like, starts eventually. mind. We know that. I hope 
I hope he just starts mind controlling people. Oh yeah, and like his boss fight is actually just a bunch of ads. <laughs> I would That'd be, be so I'd be funny. so down for that dude. Like as long as they make whatever we do with him as epic as he is, then I think that I'll be I'll be set. But I will say like the bar is set high for oh for yeah what he needs to do in a boss fight. So yeah, for sure. So we go to Gundarvaville because uh, Nahida basically is trying to protect us and says flee like run. Um, so we go to Gun- Gundarvaville to find Tanari, uh, but we're ambushed by mercenaries who are uh, basically on Dottori's payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, so we fight them, we beat them, and then we meet up with Kali, who uh, mentions that her Elizar, which is her her uh, you know her medical condition, is getting worse. And I think this is super important to mention because it's very humorous that it's worse right now because Dottori's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a very nice touch that they were, she was just like, you know, it's, it's getting worse. Um, but she's completely unaware of the doctor and a uh, spoiler alert too late now, but if you know, it's kind of old news now that Dottori is the reason why, uh, Kale, Kali has this, um, condition basically, mm-hmm. or, or why she's so, why she is very like anxious and submissive basically in that first act when we get to Sumeru. So. Um, I thought that was really important. Tanari actually isn't there, so we go to um, Parad Pardi. I can't pronounce the name. Yeah, of Yeah, the name of this one was weird. But it's the place where Tanari goes to basically do research. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we've run into Hapasia, who uh, is. Oh man, this scene. Yeah, this scene was so crazy. Um, so Hapasia is just jumping for joy, basically saying that she com- connected with Ermin Soul finally. Um, that she said that she was talking to the divine and the traveler and uh, Paimon are kind of like, Hey, like, that's weird. Like Nahida's right here. So mm-hmm. like, how did she do that? If Nahida's here, like, this is the God that, that Hapasia kind of is alluding to uh, saying that she spoke to. And, and also let me say that she, she looks a little too enthusiastic, by the way. Like, something's yeah. off already. I Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because th- you're absolutely right. Yeah. Which is, you know, a little foreshadowing for what, you're, what we're going to talk about next. But mm-hmm. um, she shows us a vision, basically. She says, oh, hey, I'll show you. She actually shows everybody mm-hmm. because Paimon does mention, like, what was that? Uh, she shows us a vision of her connection with uh, the divine that she keeps talking about, which instantly gives us a look into the past of Skarmouche, mm-hmm. um, who we find out was abandoned by his mother, mm-hmm. who is no other than the Raiden Shogun. Well, we already knew that part. Well, no, they don't. They don't uh, say this right away. Like they don't say this flat out, right? No, they they do, or at least heavily alluded to that because I already knew that part. And it, I, it wasn't from spoilers or anything. She said that that was the first puppet that was made for her. So she was essentially Skarmouche's mother. Oh. Wow. I need to really look into this stuff more. <laughs> it's it's all good. That's why I'm here. I can, I can fact check you. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that was all just like rumors or like fan theories. No, that was from her specifically. Like the show just told us that. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. It must have been from when I was like trying to just rush. This is why I Run stopped through rushing it. through content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is why you take your time, like me, dude. <laughs> this is the way to do it. <laughs> um, and then it also shows after he was abandoned by the Raiden Shogun, um, 
that he was multiple other times by like adoptive family and friends. They maybe not even like uh, directly abandoned by, but maybe they like died and therefore he had nobody. But basically it's revealed to us that he's being turned into a God via the academia. And so yeah. we kind of, and, and it kind of shed some light on why nobody talked about lesser Lord Kusanali when in acts one and two. Because she's she wasn't really ever there. And I mean she was there, but not in the sense that the greater Lord Ruka Devada was. And mm-hmm. I'm sure Scaramouche is basically telling them, Hey, listen, I can be that person for you. So that's what they're doing. Yeah, and I, I will say like some of the things here as well, which you might have been getting to, I'm not sure yet, but the big thing here with Scaramouche is he is not a fan of the fragility and mortality of humans. That's for mm-hmm. sure. So yep. everything that you hear in the flashback, he's talking because some of it, as as you were saying, it was like literally just like one of his one of his uh, best friends, his best friend that he had at one point, which was like the last of the three times he was, quote unquote, betrayed by humans was he literally just died because of some various reason. And he was like, screw that. I'm never going to be betrayed by a human and left alone um, by a human and abandoned by a human again. And mm-hmm. that's whenever he talks about, like, basically saying, like, this, you know, like, weak human, you know, hearts and minds and all that kind of stuff, which plays into, you know, the personality of, um, uh, what's her face? Uh, hi, hi, what is it? Hypasia? Hypasia, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll let you take it from there. But, yeah, I, I, that's a, a very important part. Yep. At this point, the the vision kind of ends, and you're the the traveler and Paimon and Nikita are basically left with, like, what the hell? Um, mm-hmm. As soon as the vision ends, though, some merc- more mercenaries show up, and one of them attacks Catherine and legitimately hits Catherine, which is important because Nikita is still um, possessing Catherine. So, yeah, I think the the um, the logic is that if Catherine goes, then so does Nikita. And so at the very last second, Catherine, Catherine's finger touches the travelers and then Nahida basically transfers her consciousness to the traveler. And in this moment to save her, they kind of switch memories and you get a few glimpses of Scaramouche again. And I'm pretty sure that's most of it. Now, like the cutscene is both cutscenes are amazing. So then after uh, after that, the traveler, uh, they escape. The Traveler, Paimon, and Tanari. While Nahida was possessing the Traveler, Nahida told Tanari to tell the Traveler to go to the desert via basically some code words that we easily figure out. And Tanari kind of stays back. He, you know, he feels obligated to help Hypasia. And the Traveler and Paimon head to Caravan Rabat. Once we get to uh, Rabat, we run into a Hytham who basically saves us from some stalking mercenaries and he is still acting a little sus. So Paimon, even Paimon's like, you know, this guy's a little weird. But Alhaitham says we should go to Aru Village for our answers, and we follow him. And I'm still completely suspect of Alhaitham at this point. I'm just like, you show up at two opportune moments all the time, and nah, you dude. already know what our next step is going to be. I trust him implicitly. Okay, you did like even before you found I, out. About I know, what I know. He's he is the good guy that's playing in the shadows, man. Okay, for sure. So bat, so Deluke, but. Not Deluke. This is this is Sumeru, <laughs> Sumeru Deluke. Sumeru Deluke. <laughs> okay, so um, once we step foot in Aru Village, 
um, Sino appears um, and starts attacking the Traveler and Al-Haytham. And I think it was more attacking Al-Haytham, but, but the Traveler does kind of exchange a little, some blocks against Sino's blows. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we're finally introduced to Sino. And this was like, this was great. It was epic. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> Made me um, want to pull on him more. <laughs> oh, did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so after exchanging some blows from each other, Sino tells us we shouldn't trust Al-Haytham. Um, and Sino immediately demands the divine knowledge capsule. And there's a little bit of a pissing match between Sino and Al-Haytham. Mm-hmm. Um, they go back and forth saying, you did this, you did that, or whatever. You're sketchy. Um, no, you're sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's honestly a great relationship. I loved I loved every second of it. So, yeah. Oh, so did I. <laughs> and then uh, Dea comes in. Dea enters the scene. She kind of lays down the law on both of them saying, you boys are, you uh, academia boys are really annoying, basically. And a standstorm begins. Well, don't forget, she she says, I'm about to, she basically says, I'm about to teach you guys a lesson. And, yeah. And then the sandstorm. I was, I was really, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah, see what I know. Happens. Could you imagine another really cool cutscene where she I, starts fighting them both? I was really imagining that we were going to get one where the three of them started fighting each other. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't get that, though. No. <laughs> um, so a sandstorm begins. Dea mentions that she's been starting to see an increase of frequency in these sandstorms. Um, and then you can kind of see Candace in the background. She tell she yells at everybody to come inside. Inside, you can tell the tensions are high. It just kind of pans to each character, and they're all very like sitting very straight, um, not talking not to talking. each other. Yeah. And Candace kind of lays down the law and basically tells everybody to basically behave. And Sino is the first to break his silence. He uh, finally re- uh, reveals that he chose to exile himself due to the fact that um, he realized like data concerning a project run by the Grand Sage Azar, had conflicting progress, which is the dream, the infinite dream sequence that we kind of fell into in Act 2. So he kind of talks about how he left the academia of his own accord, um, and now he's probably not going to be trusted. He says that he basically exiled himself, so uh, the academia doesn't know of his actions, or and they can't really take actions on him, um, vice versa. Sino then calls out Alhytham for taking a job from the academia on investigating the Traveler. And this is like, this kind of throws Paimon for a loop. And Alhytham basically says he only wanted to know about the divine knowledge that the sages promised him as a reward and that he doesn't actually trust them. Uh, He also mentions that we were the ones who followed him, proving further that he really didn't even have intentions on turning us in. Yeah. So, which is also true. That is, yeah. The two of them more or less clear the air. And Dea brings up how Dunyazad is recovering, um, and she came to Aru Village to basically relax and catch up, and that that was kind of ruined by Sino and Alhytham's pissing contest. Mm -hmm. Candace goes outside to basically take care of some monsters, and when the wind dies down and she doesn't return, we all go outside to see if we can help her out. Uh, So we fight off some monsters, and then Uncle Anpu, the chief of the village, mentions that some of the village keepers have... Uh, but disappearing, and we team up with Sino to solve this issue. And on the way, Sino tells us a tale about the Mad Scholars being called Village Keepers uh, because they saved a village during an earthquake. And we kind of tell Sino, hey, listen, that might not have been the the actual uh, chiefs of the village or the um, 
the village keepers, the mad scientists or the mad researchers, it, it might have actually been Nahida, who was the uh, the the animal archon, geez, the dendro <laughs> archon, um, basically controlling them to to help and yeah. make sure that you know they were they were saved. Sino also believes that Nahida isn't as active as an archon. He was he was in that pool of people. Yeah, he didn't think that that she was doing anything at all. He was very surprised actually whenever we were telling him that Nahida had was active basically. Yeah. Um which just goes to show that, you know, even these more important characters still aren't even aware of Nahida, really. Yeah. Um a kid named Isak comes to the traveler and Sino asks him to look for his grandpa. Um and after talking and verifying with Candace that this this little kid actually isn't lying, which I I felt like was so funny. Sino was like, I need to talk to Candace to make sure this kid's not lying. We agree to help. We're revealed that the person that Isak is talking about really isn't his grandpa because he's kind of adopted, basically. Um, and we go to talk to some of the locals to get some information on Isak's grandpa. And that's kind of where the act ends and we're kind of left at the beginning of act four at that point. But overall, a wonderful act. It was very short, but action-packed compared to the first two. Oh, I, I loved every second of it. I think that this was by far and away the best act so far. Just because we got so much information, you know, um, and cool cutscenes. So I'm, I'm really pumped with everything. I think for sure the most annoying one so far was whenever you replay the day a thousand times. My God, I hope that we never get an act like that again. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, that was easily the <laughs> worst act. Um, but yeah, I, overall, like I'm a, I'm a real big fan, and I, I really like how they committed to the bits of some of these things and, and took some chances and implemented some cool things. Like, I really love what they did with Hapasia's character, and they made her, like, I, especially whenever she... Um, you you know you kind of hopped out of her vision right um, mm. or her communion with uh, Ermansol and or I I should say uh, uh, Saramouche and mm. or Scaramouche rather um, she even said she was like if only like I didn't have this like like filthy human heart or something like that you remember. Yeah, she's already like kind of taking in yeah, his she's like, like his corrupted. beliefs. Yeah, exactly. She's like already been kind of corrupted by that that thought process. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. I, I was I was a fan of that. Um yeah, just lots of really cool things. And they made her just kind of go insane and but like this really like interesting, like kind of laughing, joyful insanity. It was wild, man. I was having a great time seeing what they were doing with everything um it was it's probably like one of the more one of the most gripping um acts period that we've had so far for me so i i just i loved it and part of it's probably also because you know sino was in it and like whether i pulled on him or not he's an awesome character so yeah the way he was intimidating that those people too do you remember oh yeah yeah, and he like went into his like Anubis form, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yep, I loved so, every yeah. part of it. So much good stuff, so much fun." All right, you ready for wish of the week? I'm ready for the wish of the week. I'm only I'm pulling on the the main banner. I'm not pulling on Sino. Okay, you're not pulling on Sino. I'm gonna pull on Sino's banner. I'm gonna pull twice, I guess. But my pity is like zero, so 
I'd have to get extremely lucky to get anything. Mm -hmm. My luck would be that I would, I would pull him. And then if I pulled him, I'd have to go at that point, I would have to go for C2 and weapon. So I I don't even want to risk it. Oh yeah, I see. I had enough for five wishes. I'm just going to do all five. Mm -hmm. So far, all blues. I'm, I'm hoping to get a four star. Nope. All blues, unfortunately. That's fine. I see Tude Sino and got R1 of his weapon and overall. <laughs> Thanks for I think reminding I got seven, us. Yep. Seven five stars in 200 pulls. Jesus, you're the worst. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> All right, here we go. And blue. Blah, blue. Yeah. Uh, one of these days, I mean, like, I, I, I honestly think that my account might be glitched at this point, but... I'm not sure what the deal is with this normal banner, but they better give me three five stars at this point in one pull. I don't know if you'll, if they're going to give you that luck. I mean, they won't. Do you remember whenever we pulled on the, on the practice one inside the discord and I, I've pulled like five stars like crazy. Yeah. I'm telling you all that luck you was used up then. And now I'm back to zero luck. Yep. You're absolutely right. Uh, I called it. It's the name of the game. <sighs> but yeah, that's it. Okay, here's a question of the week. You can only watch one anime series for the rest of your life. Which one do you choose? This is by DJ in our Discord. This is actually easy. It would be... Well, he, all right, here's here's a question. I You'll have to do it because obviously we can't get an answer from him. Anime series, including all of its, like series that are associated with it like directly associated Mm. for simplicity yeah then Naruto hands down okay so you're saying Naruto for sure oh easily okay Um, Naruto was so good for me Mm -hmm. Naruto is life for me so yeah I I'm gonna say my hero <laughs> i'm gonna say my hero only because i know what happens because i'm reading the manga mm-hmm. and the story is just so good and i mean compared to other shonen and don't get me wrong naruto was like one of my favorites that i've watched and uh, i don't know how it's not your favorite but i sure. mean right now i mean it's not my favorite favorite right now but like i don't know my hero just it's just written way better there's some things in Naruto. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? That's the story. There's less filler. I'll give you, I'll give you that. I will easily give you that. Yeah. But I will not say that it is written better. It's written better for sure. I I if you watch Naruto, you are crying at at least eight points during the show. Like uh. guaranteed crying eight points during the show. It or you're or you're not a human and you need to go see it. Psychologist, okay. you're crying. You're crying. Um, let's see. You're crying, you crying? three times in MHA. No. no way. No way. Yes, you are crying way more in My Hero Academia than you are crying Naruto. This is going to be a, a bonus episode for patrons. And, and not only, not um, only that, you're also crying harder in Naruto. No, so, it's not just the frequency; it's the depth of crying. Okay, listen, <laughs> in Naruto. You are crying each time he talks to his parents. That's two times. And 
to preface this, you're not crying for Naruto until he fights pain. Guaranteed. You are annoyed at Naruto until he fights pain. He sucks. The whole no, like, that as is a character, so not, that is absolutely wait. No, what? No, yeah, you are not crying for Naruto until he fights pain. If you're an inhuman jerk, I am not you're inhuman, not crying. And I cried like a baby. <laughs> My wife looked at me and said, "Are you crying?" And I. Tears, Wait, tears are, running down are you my saying, face. Are you saying in, until the pain saga? No, until he is done talking to pain and Kakashi carries his ass through the forest. And when he comes out of the forest clearing and the whole village is cheering for him, finally, instead of like what? shunning him, the village shuns him his whole life. Should I talk to you about Jiraiya Sensei? If nah, you're not I crying, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't cry with to that. Jiraiya Sensei, something's like you need to go to a hospital ASAP because something's wrong, bro. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I didn't cry to Jiraiya Sensei. I cried. I cried <laughs> when the village freaking cheered for him and like threw him up in the air. That is when I lost it. Like I legitimately well, lost of course. all I mean, the tears I, I've ever held back in my you, life. You would and you should, but there is so many instances before that that you that tears should be a flowing. Here's and a if question. not, there's something wrong with the pipes. That's what I'm saying. Um the fight, the ending of the fight between Sasuke and his brother Itachi. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, a cried like a Absolutely. baby. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and that that I will give you that alone. Mm-hmm. Was probably, but like story wise between two characters in that whole series was the best written one, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I disagree, but one of the absolute best, yes, top three probably. But did you not cry the best. when Neji died? Yes. I feel like you're the worst. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Shonen Jump just took a a spinning wheel with a bunch of like B side characters, the faces on it and spun it and had another employee take a dart and throw it at it. And they landed on Nedge and they're like, okay, but, Nedge's but that's dead. the thing they could, they could, and maybe did do that. Cause I agree with you, but at the same time, they developed those characters so well. If you watched from Naruto, right from the, yeah, original, the original series, series if you watch yeah. from the original series, there's so much built into all of those side characters that they could have literally picked anyone and it would have been just as impactful. Yeah. And let's talk about when Hanada comes in and tries to save Naruto. That's during the pain fight. I, was, that's what I'm I saying. know. That was during. You said after. You said you gave that specific scene after. And that's when you that's when you said you cried. Okay. Okay. I I just t- turn it back. Right right when he's about to fight pain. Okay. There <laughs> you go. There's like five times. You're actually right. Because the one where Hanada comes in. Yeah. And and says that she does she she says that she loves him and then she gets hit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Also, I I think I might have sobbed a little when Sakura screams for Naruto when he's not there yet. I I will never cry when Sakura does anything. Okay, no, but my my point is is like if I sobbed to that point, it's literally because you can feel the desperation. Yeah, but I know exactly what point you're talking about. I just have a such a hate for a disdain, Sakura. Yeah, yeah so um, yeah. everybody. Point does. point being, there is many many a points in there, and part of it is because it's just longer than MHA, right? But we're saying like uh, at its point, everything that it has so far, 
What would you take? Naruto, hands down, is it's the answer. It's not even a question. It's the answer. But if you want to enjoy MHA instead, then by all means, you can have a less fun time with uh, MHA than Naruto to watch for the rest of your life. I mean, to be fair, you're cutting out like 50, legitimately 50% of the Naruto series, <laughs> and you're watching about half of it. And even then, it's still better. So, but, but like, like I, don't get I, me wrong, I love love mha okay mm-hmm. i it is it i would say probably maybe my second favorite but certainly third if not um what would be second then second would probably be don't worry it's not bleach um <laughs> it I would, hear bleach is good though ble- bleach is it's it's not it's an anime <laughs> it's how should i say it's not one of the big three. It's like the ugly brother of the big three. So it's not quite there, um, but it's it's okay. Like there's just too much. I've because I've watched all of Bleach. It just becomes really annoying at the end, and I, I wouldn't not not at the very end. I'm talking like th- probably last thirty percent of the series. So mm, so um, probably it's like the complete opposite of Naruto. You're annoyed at the end instead of the very beginning. I was never annoyed at the beginning. I'm not sure what you're talking. Something's wrong with you. We we need we need to chat about this and and probably get you hooked up with a with a good psychologist for you to talk to. Pre Sage uh, Naruto sucks. Go on. Oh my god. No. Anyways, um, but yeah. So uh, probably one would be, and this is this certainly isn't an answer, but it's one that I like a lot. Um. Maybe One Piece. Oh my God! I knew you were gonna say that. This has been another episode of The Residence. And I hold on, hold on, hold week. on. Maybe, maybe One Piece. And then this other one's really gonna throw you for, through a loop. That animation is terrible. I cannot. For One Piece, yes. Yeah. But keep in mind, it gets better as it goes on. If you start at the beginning now, especially, it really shows its age. But um, I would say the other one is probably. Do you know One Punch Man? Yeah, I hear One Punch Man's great. I don't know why you get any slack for that. Well, season two isn't as good as season one, but it's only it literally only has two animated seasons so far. So that like it it's not even in the same category yet. But as far as like if you just look at like the types of animes that there are, that one is certainly up there because it's so unique. So mm-hmm. that one's definitely up there for me. Um, but I wouldn't gotcha. pick it because there's just not enough of it yet. Mm. Um. But yeah, MHA is probably two or three for me, though. I choose MHA because I don't need a terribly long... I don't want an anime to be terribly long. At, at some point, I feel like some, they just get so drawn out where it just needs to end, and that's where the filler comes in play. But that's like one of my main favorite things about My Hero is that very similar to Demon Slayer. Ooh, Demon Slayer. That's another really good one. Yeah, very similar to Demon Slayer. Deku in My Hero Academia gets his ass kicked and his ass handed to him plenty of times. And I hate the instantly um, super powerful broken character at the start of the show. So I like that he is basically like broken and helpless in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything in My Hero feels meaningful. Everything feels like it has a purpose. There are no loose ends. Naruto just... I love Naruto, don't get me wrong, because I binged that whole series. 
but I just I feel like you get way more out of my hero personally and I just the story is just so good the character development in that show is just way better than than Naruto honestly the mm. character development with with all of them in my hero not just like the the big three of Naruto you know what I, I mean like you just see you see all the other characters just like kind of grow up and not mm-hmm. actually develop like sure they get like one power boost and they show that off once in an episode but that's really it yeah. you know what i mean well i think that there's i think that there's definitely strengths to mha that naruto didn't do quite as efficiently mm-hmm. i'll say that but it made up for in aces um as you keep going over time so i i think definitely time is on naruto's side right because there's just so much more of it um when MHA is as old and has as many episodes as um, it won't Naruto. No, yeah, you're right because it's going to finish before. But um, you know, if there's an offshoot or something like that, which there is actually, there's a manga offshoot at least. I'm not sure if they're yeah. going to animate it. Um, but yeah, like you know, we'll we'll just see with time what happens. But I will say it's very well done. I mean, it's it's up in my top three for a reason. Uh, so I'm I'm with you. But I think overall you're. I have never felt for those for any character in an anime like I have for the characters in Naruto. Like that's yeah. just what it is at the end of the day. I get what you're saying. Whoa, man. Talk about a question. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But I mean, you talk to people who watch anime and that's the answer you should expect to get. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> you started the fire, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, before we go, I'd like to thank our patrons. We have our Favonius Knight Soupy. Thank you very much for your patronage. It's very appreciated. And we also have our Adeptus tier. Our number one Adeptus is Neku. Thank you again, guys, for supporting this podcast uh, and making everything that we do possible. That's the end of our show. Pharaoh, where can they find you? Uh, so normal spots. Um, of course, our own Discord um, for HoyoCast. So make sure to hit that up. And um, you can find me over at uh, The Directive, discord.me forward slash The Directive. You can find my podcasts for uh, League of Legends, um, for Arcane specifically right now, more League of Legends stuff later on, um, over at Chronicles of Runeterra. Find on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, everything like that. And that's pretty much it. Awesome. If you guys want to get a hold of us, like Pharaoh said, discord.me forward slash The Resonance. Uh, you can come hang out with us there. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at HoyoCast. Um, next week, we're going to cover the second act, so act four of the Archon Quest. Um, I'm hoping that there isn't a live stream next week, but I'm pretty sure there won't be, um, just because we should really finish that out before we have like a two and a half hour long episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, because that would really hurt my brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we'll talk to you guys next week.